ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ
a reflection is not an independent entity. Its existence totally depends upon the image and therefore it cannot be said to the enjoyer because it is a false entity. And therefore we have to admit that it is a combination of the two, namely the image and the reflection. Sakutasta, the changeless awareness, and Chidavasa, the reflected consciousness, which is what we call ahankar or the ego. So what is ego is the reflected consciousness and that is comparable to a reflection which derives its existence totally from kutastha or the changeless awareness. And so, ubhayatma kahevato loke bhokta nigadhyade. And therefore we have to say that ubhayatma This is a combination of the kutastha and the chidavhasa. The changeless awareness and the reflected consciousness, a combination of the two should be called bhokta. <coughs> None of them can be independently bhokta. Kutastha cannot be bhokta, although it is real. It is not subject to change and therefore it cannot be bhokta. And chidavasa, even though it is subject to change, it is not real and therefore that also cannot be bhokta. And therefore the combination of the two should be called bhokta. And therefore, wherever even the Upanishad refers to the enjoyer or the experiencer, Upanishad means a combination of the two. <coughs> However, Upanishad begins with this bhokta or the enjoyer. Ultimately to point out that this bhokta or the enjoyer is a false entity. Because atma cannot be the bhokta, nor this chidavasa can be bhokta, and therefore there is no such thing as an enjoyer to speak of. Even though everybody thinks that the self is an enjoyer or experiencer, Shruti or the Upanishad ultimately intends to teach us that that is just a notion. That there is an enjoyer is a notion. In fact, there is no enjoyer. Self is free from enjoyership or doership or any kind of a role. This is what the Shruti seeks to teach. Tadrukatmanamarabhya kutastaha sheshitaha shrutau so Shruti of the Upanishad begins with accepting that yes, there is an enjoyer, because everybody thinks there is an enjoyer. And then draws our attention to what is the nature of this enjoyer, or what is the nature of the experiencer. And requires us to do what we call the discrimination between the self and the non-self. And from what we consider as enjoyer, eliminate what is non-self. And then Shruti shows how what remains is merely the changeless awareness, which cannot be the enjoyer. So what I consider to be enjoyer is the self that is identified with the intellect, identified with the sense organs, identified with the body. That sense is enjoyer. But in that the intellect is non-self, the sense organs are non-self, the body is a non-self. If you remove these elements, from the enjoyer, then what remains is kutastaha, the changeless awareness. And changeless awareness cannot be the enjoyer. That is a real entity and that is the true nature of the enjoyer. This is what the Shruti seeks to, to unfold. <coughs> and in the next two verses, the author shows how this particular process of revealing the true nature of the self is employed by the Shruti Vada Upanishad by giving two illustrations. In the verse 198 gives the illustration from Brahadaranika Upanishad. The next one gives the illustration of Aitareya Upanishad. Says verse 19. Tatra Brahadaranika Vakyartham Tattavat Samshipya Darshayati The Vakyartha, the meaning of the statement of the Brahadaranika Upanishad is stated here in brief. In fact, there is a long dialogue there. 
from that only a small section is presented here just to show the artha or the purport of the Bhavadharga Upanishad at that point in the verse 198. Atma katama ityukte Atma katama ityukte Yagnya valkyo vibodhyan Yagnya valkyo vibodhyan Vijnana mayamarabhya Vijnana mayamarabhya Asangam tamparyase shayate Asangam tamparyase shayate Atma katamha idyukte Janakena katamha atma idyavam atmani prashte sadi Yagnyavalkeha vibodhyan Yagnyavalkehatam vibodhyan So there is a dialogue in the Burhadarnika Upanishad between King Janaka and Sage Yagnyavalkeha there are several dialogues of which this is one, very important dialogue, wherein the sage Yagnyavalkya visits King Janaka, whom he used to visit often, and used to have very beautiful dialogues. So they always used to have satsang. So when sage Yagnyavalkya comes to the court of King Janaka, then Janaka asks him this question, Kim Jyotirayam Purushaha? What is the Kim Jyotihayam Purushaha? What is that light by which this person performs all his different activities? He sits down, he goes out, performs activities, returns. By what light? Illuminated by what light does a man, that is a, a person or a living being, perform all these activities? This question. That King Sai Janaka asks of, I mean King Janaka asks of Sai Jagnyavalkya. Yajnavalkya knows what exactly he is asking. Because everybody knows what are the different lights in which we perform our activities. But then ultimately to draw him to the real light, that is the light of all the lights, says Yajnavalkya first replies to him, that Aditya or sun is a light with which a person performs all the activities. He sits down, he goes out, performs activities and returns. That's the light of sun. It is true. The sun actually illumines this world and therefore we can perceive the objects of the world and that is how we can perform all our activities. Then Janaka asks further question. Okay, I understand that. That it is in the light of sun that is person, an ordinary person performs activities. But what happens when the sun sets? When the sun is set, then in what light does the person perform activities? Then Yajnavalika replies, it is in the light of moon that a person performs activities. When the sun, when the sun is set, it is the moon, the light of which the person sits, goes out, performs activities, returns. Janaka says, yeah, that's right. Then ask further question. But what when the moon is set? Moon is not there. In what light does a person perform the activities? Then Yagnyavalka replies, in the light of fire. Usually people use torch, torch light in order to guide themselves, in order to conduct the different activities in absence of the light of sun and moon. And so, it is in the light of fire that a person performs different activities. Janaka says, yes, that's right. Says, what when the fire is extinguished? In what light does a person perform the activities? Suppose there is pitch darkness where you cannot even see your hands, you cannot see anything. At that time, in what light does a person, he can go someplace if he wants to go. In what light? Then Yajnivalka replies, in the light of speech, he says. So sound, 
So you hear the sound of a person or hear the sound and therefore you know the directions and that is how you can go to a place. So speech is a light. Okay. All these lights are known to us actually. Even King Janaka himself knows these things. So Yagnivalkya knows that this is not the intention. Then Janaka asked the further question, All right, but what when even the speech is not functioning? In what light does a person perform the different activities? So what is the condition when the sun is not shining, the moon is not shining, the fire is not burning, the speech also is not functioning? What is that condition? That is really the condition of dream. So dream is a very distinct condition where no conventional lights are there, no conventional sources of illumination are there, and still a person performs all the different activities. In the dream also a person sits there, goes out, performs activities and returns. At that time there is no sun or moon or fire or the speech or any sense organs to illumine his vyavahara. So how does he perform the vyavahara? Atmanayavayam jyotisha ayam purusha aste. Then Yagnyulke replies, it is the light of the self by which the person performs activities in dream, even in the waking state. But why is the, why is the dream state particularly pointed out? In the waking state it may be very difficult to determine that it is a light of self because illumined by which the person performs all the activities. Because it is not evident. I think that it is in light of electricity or in light of sun or other source of light that all my activities are performed and therefore since other external sources of light are there, it may not be evident to a person that in the waking state it is a light of self because of which a person performs activities. And therefore this dream state is pointed out by Yagnyavalkya. That in the dream, when the speech also is not there, you are not speaking, although you think that you are speaking, it is not this organ of speech that is functioning in dream. It is not this sun and the moon that are shining even though there are sun and moon in the dream also. And so, it is the light of the self that illumines the whole dream world. There is no other light there. Thereby meaning that even the waking state also, it is the light of the self alone that illumines everything. That alone illumines our mind and mind illumines our senses and senses illumine the objects of the world. And therefore, it is only the light of self by which a person performs all the activities. So, Atmanayavayam Jyotisha, it is by the light of the self or light which is the self that the person performs all the activities. This is what Sage Agnyavke replied to King Janaka. Then Janaka wants further clarification. Says, says here, Katamaha Atma, the Tikagara says, quotes that, Katamaha Atma. Then, uh, King Janaka asks, which, which is the Atma? Which Atma? When is the self? Then which self do you mean? Because the body also is a self, the sense organs are also self, the mind also is self, the intellect also is self, because again and again we identify with these different aspects of our personality. When I call myself tall and short and a man and a woman and what not, definitely it is a body that is considered to be self. Or when I call myself blind or deaf or dumb or whatever, it is the sense organs that I consider to be self. When I call myself happy and happy, etc., it is a mind that is taken to be self. When I call myself bright, dull, it is the intellect that is taken to the self. And therefore, so many selves seems to be here. Katamaha Atma. Which among all these is a self? This is the question of Janaka. 
that I understand that it is not by the light other than the self that the person is alive or performing the activities. It is the light of the self, all right, but which among these is the self? Iti evam atmani prasthesati. In this manner when King Janaka asks about the nature of the self of Yagnyavalkya, Yagnyavalkya tam vibodhyan, then says Yagnyavalkya, teaching him or, or instructing him about the nature of the self, says, Yoyam Vijnanamayaf Praneshu starts his whole uh, discourse by this statement Yoyam Vijnanamayaf Praneshu Rudis Furan. So one that shines in the heart, Praneshu, in the midst of the pranas. So we have the five organs of perception, five organs of action, and all these five physiological faculties which are also called pranas, like there are fifteen different pranas. Because the word prana is used for sense organs also. And the word prana is used for the breath also. Word prana also is used for different physiological systems like prana, apana, vyana, udana, samana. Thus five organs of perception, five organs of action, and these five pranas, all of these are called prana. Yoyam vijnanamaya praneshu hrudisphuran. So one who is amidst the, all these pranas, meaning all these different faculties of perception, the faculties of action, the faculties which are, are responsible for functioning the body, one is amidst all this. Who is vijnanam? Who is of the nature of vijnanam? There the word vijnanam is buddhi. One is identified with the intellect. But who is of the nature of awareness actually? On account of identification with the intellect, there is a sense of individuality. And therefore, one who takes oneself to be waker, the dreamer, the sleeper, etc. That self in fact is asangaha ityadina vijnanamayam upakramya. So this waker, the dreamer, the deep sleeper is the self, which is identified with these faculties, but in him itself, what is the nature? Asangohyayam purushaha. This purushaha, meaning purnaha, the one who is complete, all-pervasive. This self is asangaha. He is un- detached, unconnected, changeless. Iti asangam kutastam parisheshadavanityadaha. So one by one, Sage Yagnyavalkya shows to Janaka how these different pranas cannot be the Atma because all these pranas, meaning all the organs, all the faculties, like the faculties of perception, faculties of action, etc., none of them is there in the, in the dream state. We are not aware of our body, nor are we aware of our sense organs in the dream state, and therefore they cannot be the self. And we are not even aware of what we call the mind and intellect in the state of deep sleep. And therefore, even that cannot be a self also. And therefore, Yagnyavalki explains, just as a, a big fish, like a shark, or a very powerful fish, even flowing in the current of water, it is so powerful that it will, it can float anywhere it likes. And therefore, just like a very powerful fish, while floating in water, or swimming in water, how it goes at will from one bank of the river to the other bank. So also this Purusha or the Atma goes from one state to the other state. Now he's in the waking state, is like one bank of the river and gives up it all and goes to the dream state and gives it up also. That shows Asangatvam. Just as a powerful fish is unconnected to any bank, it is free or independent to choose its own course and at will it can go from one bank to the other bank. So also the self is unconnected to the waking or unconnected to the dream state also. 
And therefore, at will it goes from one state to another state. Or unconnected to this world, or unconnected to the other world also, because at will it goes from this world to the other world, and from there to here again. Asangohyayam purushah. This purusha, the atma, is asangah. He is changeless, unconnected, totally free from any connections or any relation. And this is how Yagnivalkya teaches the King Janaka, the nature of the self. Self is awareness of the nature of light. Light means light of awareness, which is asanga, unconnected in every way. Evam brahadaranyake asangatma parishesha prakaram pradarsya. In this manner, in the brahadaranyaka upanishad, sage Yagnivalkya shows by analyzing the different functions that Atma, the Self, is actually kutasha, changeless, asangaha, unconnected, unrelated with everything. Meaning, in spite of all these functions going on, the organs of perception, perceiving things, the organs of action, performing different actions, this prana, performing different physiological systems, all these activities, tremendous activities going on. In the midst of all the activities, the Self remains totally inactive. And none of these functions could be possible without the presence of the Self. In the very presence of the Self, all these faculties function. Even in the Self appears to be functioning also. Sarvendriya gunabhasam, sarvendriya vivarjitam. It looks as though the Atma, the Self is seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, going, sweeping, sleeping, dreaming. It looks as though Atma, the Self is performing all these functions. But in reality, he does not perform any of the functions. Only on account of identification of the body, that he seems to be born and dying. On account of identification of the mind, he seems to be a waker and a dreamer. On account of identification of the different sense organs, he seems to be a perceiver, an actor, a knower. In fact, he is devoid of all these roles. That I am a seer, hearer, thinker, waker, dreamer, born, dying, all of these are the notions about the I that are created on account of identification with different faculties. It is a gross body that is subject to birth and death. On account of identification with that, I take myself to be born and dying. It is a mind that is waking and dreaming and sleeping. On account of identification with that, I think that I am a waker, I am awake, awake, I am dreaming, I am sleeping. In fact, I remains free from any of these activities. All these notions are there on account of identification with non-self. In, in the true nature, the self is independent, unrelated, unconnected, and still vitally important. So, in spite of the fact that the self does not see, without the self, the function of seeing cannot take place. Even though it does not participate in activity, any activity at all, without it, no activity is possible. Thus, it is simultaneously the vital existence behind everything without really getting involved in anything. So it remains uninvolved witness. But very necessary and absolutely vital for the existence and the functioning of all the different faculties. That is the reason why so much confusion. There are so many things going on here that there is all the occasion for the identification. There is occasion for identification of the body. There is occasion for identification of the sense organs in the mind because they are all there and so much in proximity. And therefore, that one would identify with them, 
and take oneself to be subject to birth and death and what not is natural. And that's the reason why this inquiry or the analysis is so necessary to point out that the self in its true nature is uninvolved, unconnected, unrelated, not active, merely of the nature of existence, in the presence of which everything goes on, but which itself, itself does not participate in anything. Evam brahadarnyake asang atma parishesha prakaram pradarsya. In this manner, in the earlier verse, it was shown how in the brahadarnyake upanishad, ultimately at the end, the teacher shows how the self is asanga or changeless, unconnected. And the same trend is followed in other Upanishads also. Here an illustration is given from Aitareya Upanishad. Mentions how there also. You begin with a common inquiry, who am I? Who is the one who is eating, drinking, seeing, hearing, etc.? And then that inquiry ultimately leads to this understanding and this knowledge that, that I cannot be the thinker, eater, drinker or anything. He is changeless, unconnected, unrelated. So that's what is found in the Aitareya Upanishad also and that's stated in the verse 199. <speaking in foreign language> Always it's a combination of the self and the non-self which is taken to be the Atma, the self. That is what we call a lumping together, like the iron and the fire, like a, an iron ball. When subjected to fire, how heated in the fire becomes red hot. And thus there we have a combination of two elements, iron and fire. And they are so intimately, uh, you know, I mean one pervading the other. There is tadatme or there is a total identification of one with the other. And therefore there is as though... The assumption, assuming of the nature of the other by one. Like the iron, as though takes on to itself the nature of the fire, and the fire seems to take on to itself the properties of the iron. And thus there is a mutual identification between the iron and fire, and the product is what we call the iron, the fireball. And similarly also within ourselves, a mutual identification is there, between self and the non-self. Self or the Atma, I, is kutastaha, is changeless awareness. And what is non-self? This body, the sense organs, the mind, all of these fall in the category of non-self. Even though commonly a person takes that mind to be the self, the body to be the self, the sense organs to be the self, that's the common notion. And therefore, whenever I point myself out as a self, what I mean is, the combination of these two, the self and the non-self. I lump together. When I use the pronoun I, I am happy, I am unhappy, I went, I came, I succeeded, whatever. 
In that I, several things are involved. First is the primary meaning of I, which is the consciousness, the self. But when I say that I came, or I went, then what actually came is this body that came, you know. And then when I say I came, in that I, there is not only that self, which is the pure awareness, plus also the body lumped together. When I say that I fast, I succeeded, where does success belong? Success belongs to the intellect. And therefore, in that I, that self, which is awareness, and the intellect, which is non-self, both of them are lumped together. This is all the various statements that I make about myself. All the various notions or conclusions that I entertain about myself, there is invariably what we call a lumping together of the self and non-self. Therefore, there is what we call a lack of discrimination, or there is a non-discrimination. Aviveka with reference to I. Therefore, viveka, or discrimination, is required. And therefore, when we make an inquiry as to the nature of the self, we always start with the current notion of the self that I have. And then, we specifically direct our attention to what is the nature of that self. And then, the conclusion ultimately is, the self has to be awareness, which is changeless. That when I say I came, I went, I was born, I am dying, I am old, I am young. That in all of these there is an identification with a gross body which gives rise to these conclusions. And therefore what is born and what is dying, what is young and what is old is not the I, but it is the body. When we understand that, then we realize that the being born or dying or old etc., all of these characteristics, all of the attributes belong to the body. Or when I say I'm happy and happy and whatever, we realize that happiness and happiness are all the states of mind. I'm hungry or thirsty, all of these are states of what we call the prana, the vital energy. And thus, starting from our current understanding about ourselves, when we really focus our attention to what is the true nature of the self, then what takes place is what we call viveka or discrimination, atma anatma viveka or discrimination between the self and the non-self. And ultimately, which is a changeless element in and through all. In the happy, unhappy, wise and fool, in the young and the old, and all the different states of the body, different states of the mind, with which I go through. What is unchanging constant element? That element will be found to be awareness that is changeless. And so that alone is self. Everything that is changing and subject to variable variation is non-self. So self is that invariable I, everything else is variable and therefore non-self. And what is that invariable self? That is kutastaha, that is a changeless awareness. This is how Shruti, every Upanishad, in its own way, brings this out, brings this fact out for the student. <coughs> so koyamatma ityamadau sarvatra. Where is koyamatma? Says Aitare Upanishad. Who is, what's the nature of the Atma of the Self, which Upasmahe, with which we are performing all these different functions? Katrasatma, which one of them is the Atma? And then there are different questions. Is it that by which the one sees that is Atma? Or 
that by which one hears is dadyatma that by which one smells by which one sees one tastes one uh, touches which one of them is self ittevamado atmavicharena antahkaranopadikam atmanu arabhya all this is what we call antahkarana upadi atma the self which is antahkarana or the mind is the upadi upadi is that which superimposes its own attributes upon another thing as we always give the illustration that this crystal for example appears to be colored you know on account of this cloth for example and so it is cloth which seems to impart its qualities upon the crystal and makes it appear colored so this cloth is called upadhi and so if one does not know and one is not able to discriminate between the crystal and the non crystal then one would conclude that the crystal is orange when we say the crystal is orange in fact there are two elements involved crystal as well as the orange and similarly also when i say that i am the seer or hearer or thinker or whatever then also two elements are involved that seeing hearing thinking all of these take place in the sense organs in the mind and those attributes or qualities are superimposed upon the self and i come to this notion that i am the seer i am thinker i am hearer antah karanopadikam atmanam arabhya so we start from there what is the nature of the thinker what's the nature of the seer who is this hearer prajnana matratmaka kutastah parisheshitah then we realize that all the different states of mind are there and all the different states of mind are ultimately illumined by the self so self is that which illumines all the states of mind which illumines all the sense organs which illumines the whole creation and who is he prajnana matra prajnanam brahma that self is nothing but prajnanam or the consciousness prajnanaatmaka prajnanamatraatmaka kutastah parisheshitah right the upanishad shows how atma is prajnanam prajnanam meaning consciousness and pure consciousness which is changeless that alone is the nature of the self evam anyatrabi drashtavyam and similarly also we'll find the very same method employed in other upanishads that you start with our present experience and the shuddhi starts with the present experience and leads to after analyzing the nature of the experience the shuddhi leads the student to see that the true nature of the self is only kutastah is changeless awareness and that i different i hold different notions about the self or different ideas about the self they are all notions arising from non discrimination between the self and the non self evam uktashuddhi paryalochanayam ubhayatmakasya bhoktuh mithyatvam so ubhayatmakam arambhya ubhayatmaka is a combination of the kutastha and the chidabhasa so uktashuddhi paryaya paryalochanayam when we actually do the deliberate deliberate upon the the purport of the shruti of the upanishad ubhayatmakasya bhoktuh mithyatvam it is very clear that the atma and its true self cannot be bhokta or enjoy because it's changeless anatma also cannot be bhokta because it's inert necessarily an in the enjoyer or the experiencer must be conscious entity you see this desk cannot experience anything even though i am hitting the desk cannot feel the pain because it doesn't have consciousness it is necessary that the and the experiencer 
or the enjoyer must be a conscious being. The inner thing cannot experience or cannot enjoy. Therefore, I call myself an experiencer or the enjoyer because I am the conscious entity. But in that I, so many things are lumped together as we said. And therefore, whatever is not conscious, like the anatma, when we eliminate that, then what remains is nothing but the changeless awareness. So you can call it changeless awareness the enjoyer, but it cannot be enjoyer in the primary sense because it is changeless. Enjoyer is the one who must necessarily undergo change. Therefore, the changeless self also is not enjoyer. The inner non-self also cannot be enjoyer. And therefore, and so the Shruti shows that both these taking, I mean, either the self or the non-self, none of them can be bhokta or the enjoyer. Parmarathikasya asangasya kutasthasya bhoktrutvam chasiddham and thus Shruti points out that the self who is really asanga or unconnected, unrelated or changeless in the primary sense, who is kutastha, he is abhokta, he is a non-enjoyer or non-experiencer. So self in true nature is not an enjoyer, not an experiencer, not a doer. That R cannot be added there. Enjoyer, doer, experiencer, that R pratyaya. Or the suffix shows what? Shows an agent of doing something. Agent of doing or agent of experiencing. The self cannot be the agent of doing or experiencing because he is changeless. <coughs> And therefore, abhokta. Really speaking, there is no such entity as an experiencer. That I take myself to be an experiencer is purely a notion born of non-discrimination between the self and the non-self. Nanu uktaritya bhoktuhu mithyatve prayanam tasmin satyatva buddhihi kutojayate Uktaritya, by the manner in which you describe, bhoktuhu mithyatve, if the self also cannot be bhokta or the enjoyer, experiencer, non-self also cannot be the experiencer, meaning what you call bhokta or experiencer is mithya, is a false entity, there is no experiencer in the true sense at all, then, praninam tasmin satyatva buddhi kuto jayate, then how come prani meaning the living beings take themselves to be the enjoyers? How come people take themselves to be enjoyers or experiencers? If really there is no enjoyer or experiencer, then how come everybody takes themselves to be enjoyers or experiencers? How does it happen? So how does the non-discrimination of Viveka happens is being said in the verse 200. Kutastha satyatam svasmin Kutastha satyatam svasmin Adhyasyatma vivekataha, Adhyasyatma vivekataha, Tatvakim bhoktrutam matva, Tatvakim bhoktrutam matva, Nakada chidjihasati, Nakada chidjihasati. Kutastha satyatam swasmin Atma avivekataha, Bhoktrutam tatvikim matva kadachit na jihasati. Atma meaning the self, this individual, the ignorant person, Atma loka prasiddha bhokta, means this enjoyer, the experiencer, loka prasiddha, that which is commonly taken by to be the experiencer or the enjoyer or the individual self, this person. 
ಅವಿವೇಕತಃ ಸ್ವಸ್ಯ ಕೂಟಸ್ಥ ಕೂಟಸ್ಥಾದ್ವಿವೇಕ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಅಭಾವೇನ ಆನ್ ಅಕೌಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಅವಿವೇಕ ಆರ್ ನಾನ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಷನ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ನಾಟ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಟು ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಟ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ನಾನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಕೂಟಸ್ಥನಿಷ್ಠಂ ಸತ್ಯತ್ವಂ ಆತ್ಮನಿ ಅಧ್ಯಸ್ಯ ವರ್ಡ್ ಐ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಲಂಪಿಂಗ್ ಟುಗೆದರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ನಾನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ವೆನ್ ಐ ಸೇ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಸೋ ಅಂಡ್ ಸೋ then there is an element of truth in there and there is an element of untruth there when i said that i am happy there is an element of truth that the i is there but that happy that aspect belongs to the mind not to the atma the i and still i am joining a superimposing so when i say i am happy what happens is that that happiness which is a state of the mind is actually superimposed upon the i and there arises this conclusion i am happy when i say i am unhappy again unhappiness also is a state of mind which is superimposed upon the i and i come to the conclusion i am unhappy so constantly this this lumping of the superimposition is going on and an ordinary person not being able to discriminate between these two takes the happy also as real that i is a real thing a real changeless therefore the reality that belongs to i or kutastha is also superimposed upon that happy and therefore a person takes the self really happy really unhappy really enjoyer really experiencer so that's what i said kutasthanishtham satyatvam atmani adhyasya the satyatvam or the reality kutasthanishtham the reality that belong to belongs to kutastha or the self i atmani adhyasya that is superimposed upon this bhokta or the enjoyer tadvara svanishthasya bhogtrutvasya api satyatam matva and therefore he thinks that that bhogtruta or the enjoyership also is real for example when in fact there is a rope and i commit the error of taking that to be a snake then when i am looking at the snake i am really afraid of that snake because i think that the snake is real or when there is in fact a piece of shell or mother of pearl and because it is glittering the sunlight i take it to be a piece of silver i think that that silver is real so when i take that silver to be real or that snake to be real then what is happening is that the reality that belongs to the shell or the reality that belongs to the rope is superimposed upon the silver and that's how i take the silver to be real so there is some reality all right when i say this is silver i point out like this this is silver then what is that this is nothing but a shell and what is silver silver is something that is superimposed something that is a product of my own mind so one element is true this is true which belongs to the shell other element silver is something that is projected and therefore the reality that belongs to the shell or the mother of pearl is actually superimposed upon the silver and i take the silver to be real when i say this is rope that this belongs to the ro- this is snake when i say that this belongs to the rope the reality of the rope is superimposed upon the snake and i take that snake to be a real entity similarly also when i say i am happy that i is a real entity and happy is something that is superimposed upon that i and thus the reality belonging to the i 
is superimposed upon happy, and I take that happy, unhappy, that experience is a real entity. So, Taddwara Svanishthasya Bhoktratvasya Vishatthidam Matva. And therefore, taking that even that Bhokta, the enjoyer, also is real. Bhogam Kadachidapi Nahatam Ichadi. And therefore, an ignorant or non discriminatory person takes the self to be really an enjoyer, really happy, really unhappy, and therefore never wants to give up the objects of enjoyment, never wants to give up that enjoyment, because I take myself to be really an enjoyer. Of course you cannot give up. If you take really yourself to be unhappy, suddenly there is going to be an attempt to become happy. If you really take yourself to be happy, there is definitely going to be an attempt to retain that happiness. That there cannot but be that because there cannot be I I want to be happy and there is natural law for happiness and natural aversion for unhappiness. So there is a conclusion that I am unhappy. There is naturally going to be a resistance or an attempt to get rid of that unhappiness. And if on the other hand there is a conclusion that I am happy, there is going to be an attempt to remain happy and avoid anything that makes me unhappy. That is because I have the conclusion. That's the reason why an ordinary person is never, never wants to give up his enjoyment. He never wants to get away from or part with the objects that he loves, objects that he enjoys. <clears throat> and that desire for enjoyment, attachment to various objects, all of this is a product of ignorance. In what sense? That first of all, on account of ignorance and the resulting non-discrimination, I take myself to be an enjoyer or an experiencer and since I am an experiencer there is a need for me to be happy and therefore there is naturally an attachment for all those objects which make me happy. There is an aversion for any object that threatens my happiness and this attachment, aversion, all of this is a natural product of the conclusion that I am happy or I am unhappy. And that conclusion arises from non-discrimination because there is a lumping together of the self and the non-self. And that is because of the ignorance of the true nature of the self. And therefore, the activities that we see of the ignorant persons can be only explained in this manner as to how ignorance creates this. Nanutarhi atmanastu kamaya sarvam priyam bhavadi If the person knew himself as kutastha or changeless, then no... Okay. Now how come Bruhadaranika Upanishad says Atmanasu Kamaya Sarvam Priyam Bhavati? Says the Upanishad that everything becomes dear because one loves everything. Not because of the everything, but because of the self. Atmanasu Kamaya. It is only because of the love of the self that things in the world become objects of love. That shows that the one does gain that enjoyment from the objects of the world. And Upanishad also seems to confirm that. When the Upanishad says that the love for the objects of the world is for the love of the self, it seems the Upanishad seems to accept this fact, that in fact there is someone who enjoys, and that these are all the different objects of enjoyment, like husband, wife, son, all of these are objects of enjoyment. Shruti says that one loves them all, because really one loves oneself. But there seems to be an indication there, an acceptance that, there is in fact the one who enjoys. So even the Upanishad seems to accept that enjoyer. And Atma Sheshatvam, that all these objects of enjoyment 
are in fact there for the sake of the self. Bhogyasya katham pratipadyate. How the different objects of enjoyment are indicated there as those which are meant for the self. Sinna kurastha atma sheshatvam pratipadyate. Kintu loka prasiddha uhayatma kabhoktratva sheshatvam eva shrutya anugyate iti. The answer is that when the Shruti says that the world is dear for the sake of the self, it is not the self which is kutas or changeless, it is only the loka prasiddha ubhayatmaka bhavaktru seshatvam. People commonly on account of ignorance take the self to be the enjoyer. And what is that self? It is nothing but lumping together of the self in the non-self. And it is just accepting the notion that an ignorant person has about the self that the Upanishad says that everyone loves the world because in fact he loves the self. Thereby, what is meant is all these objects of the world are objects of enjoyment for that self which people take to be the enjoyer or experiencer. <coughs> and not Kudas or the true self is never enjoyer or experiencer. So that is said in the verse 201. Bhokta svasyaiva bhogaya, bhokta svasyaiva bhogaya, patijaya di michadi, patijaya di michadi, eshalo kikavrattantaha, eshalo kikavrattantaha, shrutya samyagadunditaha, shrutya samyagadunditaha. Bhokta svasyaiva bhogaya, in the world, this fellow who takes himself with bhokta, the enjoyer, swasthiva bhogaya, for his own enjoyment, patijayadikam upakaranam ichyadi. So one who takes oneself to be experienced or the enjoyer, for the sake of one's enjoyment, one desires husband or wife or children or the house or the property and whatever else. Then one desires those things because one takes oneself to be an enjoyer or experiencer. If one had the knowledge of the true nature of the self, there would not have been any desire because self is complete in itself and therefore there could not have been desire for enjoyment. But the person takes oneself to be an in- incomplete self. A one who is lacking or wanting, and therefore there is a dead need for the enjoyership. There is need for enjoyment, rather. And therefore, one loves the husband and the wife and the son and whatever it is. It is this common observation that we make, which is the observation made by the Upanishad. It is not the intention of the Upanishad to say that Atma is really enjoyer, or that in his experiences Atma enjoys. Suppose when I gain a certain experience, then I get something that I like very much, and I find myself happy. So when I get an experience of something that I desire, and therefore I am a happy self, who is that happy self? Is it the Kutastaha or the changeless self who is happy? You cannot say that, because this happiness is a state. And that that's, there cannot be a state in that which is changeless. And therefore, when I say I am happy, or when I become happy, when object creates happiness in me, which I is that? It is not the kutas or the changeless. 
It is the I which is, as we said, a lumping or a combination of the self and the non-self. And therefore, it is this experience which a common man has is merely anudyate, is merely reiterated. So, siddhasya kasanam anuvada. Anuvada means reiteration of something that is already known to everyone. So, very often Upanishad states our experiences not because, not to give reality to our conclusion, but to begin with our common experience and then to lead us to the nature of truth. And therefore, the Upanishad always begins with what I presently take myself to be, namely an enjoyer or an experiencer. And from then on the inquiry begins. Who is the enjoyer? Is the body the enjoyer? Body cannot because it is inert. Are the sense organs enjoyers? They cannot because they are also inert. Is the mind enjoyer? They also cannot because that is also inert. Is the intellect the enjoyer? That also cannot because that is also inert. Are these different pranas or different vital forces enjoyer? They also cannot be. Then who is enjoyer? The self. And who is that self? Neither the body, nor the sense organs, nor the prana, nor the mind, nor the intellect. Then who is he? He is other than all of this. What is his nature? His nature is the one who just eliminates the functions of this all, who is merely the nature of existence, who is merely the nature of illumination or awareness. Then, can he change? Is awareness that is the self that eliminates the faculties, eliminates all these functions, is he subject to change? He cannot be, because he is unconnected, unrelated. This illuminate always is unrelated to or unconnected to what is illumined. Like this light is unconnected to all the objects that are illumined. Similarly also, the witness self is unconnected to all the states of body, mind, intellect and what not. Therefore, he is merely awareness, which is changeless. Can the changeless awareness be enjoyer? That cannot be. Even changeless self also cannot be enjoyer. So neither the non-self can be enjoyer, nor the self also can be enjoyer. And therefore, that I think I am an enjoyer is a notion that arises on account of the non-discrimination between the self and the non-self. This is what the Shruti ultimately wants to teach the student. But in order to reveal the true nature of the self, it is necessary to begin with the present notion that one has about oneself, and then analyze and ultimately lead the student to this appreciation that the true nature of the self is kutastaha, or changeless awareness. So, laukika vruttantaha, shrutya samyag anuditaha. This laukika vruttanta, that one loves his world because one loves oneself. It is merely an observation that is made by the shruti as a starter. There is no intention by the shruti to show that the atma is really enjoyer. For example, Taitriya Upanishad says, Savaye shayam purushaha annarasamayaha. That Atma is Andarasamayaha. Atma, the self is that which is made of the food. Meaning the body is the Atma, so it says. So is that the intention to say that the body is the Atma? No. But since a person takes the body to be Atma, first of all he said, okay, the body is Atma. At least everything other than the body is excluded. Then is the body the self on its own account? Then we realize that the body is alive, not because of itself. There is this prana of the vital energy that keeps his body alive. And therefore, that should be the self. So there is an inner self, a self that is inner, other than the body, inner to the body. That is the Atman. 
Is prana the vital force, the atma? We say no, because prana also functions as directed by the mind, and therefore the mind should be considered atma. And that's how our attention is drawn from one layer to the other, and ultimately brought to this truth, that the self is actually that which awareness, limitless, changeless. And thus everywhere in the Upanishad, this inquiry is made as to what is the nature of the self, and the inquiry... into the self and then the Shruti leads us to the true nature of the self. This is how the style of the Upanishads is. Okay. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyakta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om